Welcome to Tea and Chat, the podcast where we explore different cultures from first-hand experiences with your host, Rebecca, a British expat living in Canada. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Tea and Chat. Today on the podcast, I have Juan from Colombia. He has experience living in Toronto, Canada while studying there. So today he's going to talk more about that experience as well as share some of his struggles of trying to immigrate to Canada. Hi Juan, it's been a while since we spoke. Uh, you used to take some lessons with me a while back, I think. And then luckily we've kept in touch since then a little bit over Instagram. So it's always nice to hear from uh, students that way too. And I'm excited to catch up with you today because it's been a while. So perhaps you could start off by better introducing yourself because my introduction was very short (laughs) and you can also include some description about your job too and your experience so far, like a little summary of why you wanted to move to Canada. All right. So hello, everyone. And hi, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. As you mentioned, my name is Juan, Juan Pablo Bonilla. Uh, Sometimes it's a hard name to pronounce, but it's a, a Spanish name, of course. I'm from Colombia and systems engineer. I have like a lot of experience in this career, like uh, 10 years or more. And um, I started off this adventure of trying to immigrate to Canada, but first I didn't have the language. So it's a whole story behind how I could improve my language, how I could improve the understanding on how to speak and the way how how I can immigrate to Canada. And finally, and a small spoiler, I didn't immigrate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a small spoiler. <laughs> small. But now let's talk a bit more about your studying uh, for English and for emigrating to Canada and also your experience studying inside Canada. So if I'm correct, you went to a language school in Toronto. Is that right? So I started off uh, studying English in Toronto in one institute named ILSC. I think it's quite popular. And, and it is located in the downtown. Okay, how was that? Like studying or traveling to downtown? Were you staying downtown at the same time? No, no, no. That's very expensive to stay there. No, we mm. had to to be in in other places inside Toronto. I used to remember all the stations of the subway there. The, at this point, I can't remember the name of the place. You memorized the map, or the metro map, in your head. Yeah, the TTC map. I had to do it. That's that's interesting. It's like it reminds me of like the London Underground tube map. Like uh, once you take the tube enough times, you start to become familiar with the different uh, lines and the different places on there. So the school was downtown, but you were living just outside, and you had to commute to the school every day. As you said, living downtown in Toronto is definitely expensive. It's something that we mentioned on again on a previous episode, kind of comparing the cost of living in different cities in Canada. And Toronto is definitely right up there, probably after Vancouver, uh, but very close. And I don't think you'd want to live downtown anyway, but maybe you could maybe you might think differently. Like for you, how was that studying downtown? Just talking about the area. Well, it was quite interesting because um, it also was the first experience that I had living abroad because uh, Mm -hmm. I had traveled, but not living. Living is quite different. When you are a tourist, everything seems uh, easy and you are staying in a hotel but then when you have to face the reality that you have to prepare your own food to take the ttc the subway and then to 
to live in a completely different environment than the one that you're used to, for me, it was amazing. Uh, I could see the big picture of everything. Uh, I'm really grateful for that experience. And I will suggest everyone, if I had the opportunity to do it, that do it, go ahead. Um, I was so excited. So I, I looked like a little child in a, in a Play Store. <laughs> Little child in a candy shop. <laughs> hey, that's better. <laughs> Little child in a candy shop. Perfect. So you really enjoyed it. Actually, could you tell us um, when you went there and how long you were there for? Sure. Um, I arrived there around uh, January in 2018. Uh, it was the first time that I saw snow. Uh, so that was one of my first experiences. Yeah, perfect time to arrive. Just like me, I moved cities in January. It's a crazy decision to make. <laughs> but for somebody who's never seen snow before, what was that like? I was astonishing. I couldn't believe I just took my phone. I tried to record everything again as a little child in a candy shop. And I tried to, to grab all of the small pieces of the snow. And after two days of snowing, I could catch one snowflake in my hand. I, I I couldn't say anything. I was speechless by the perfect oh, of that snowflake. That. It was awesome. Yeah, I love that. I left you speechless. Like, for example, in London, it also snowed, right? And um, not that much, though, in comparison. And when I moved here, like in, in winter, there was a lot of snow. And then Edmonton has a ton more snow. But I swear, even for me, I never saw a snowflake my whole life until I moved to the city in this year, really? this January. Yeah, I, at least at least I never, maybe I forgot, I don't know. But I saw like my car was just covered in snowflakes and you could see each individual snowflake and the shape. And I thought you could only see that under a microscope. I didn't know that you can literally see that with the human eye, like the different shape and stuff. So I was like, wow. And then like, it's same for me. I was like picking up and I was so <laughs> surprised because I thought this is just from like the movies or something. <laughs> even though I've thing. seen snow my whole life, I'm like, either I forgot or like the snow is, you know, different, right? Because it might melt too quickly for you to be able to actually see that or something. So anyways, that's quite cool. I know people, you know, who live in hot countries are always like really fascinated and interested to see snow. Were you properly prepared with the clothes that you had brought? Well, that's a good question. Uh, no, <laughs> unfortunately, no. <laughs> we don't have a proper uh, clothes to wear here in Colombia because we are almost in the middle of the um, of the globe. So in here, we only have two seasons, winter, winter, but winter, in fact, is only rain and it is about two to three months and summer the rest of the year. So that's why we don't have that kind of clothes. I had never experienced mm -hmm. it under zero degrees, minus degrees. So um, no, I had to go there. Fortunately, I had a friend and he helped me to go directly from the airport to my place and then to the place to one mall to buy something proper uh, that I can support or handle the weather. For my surprise, it wasn't that expensive that I was thinking that it was. Mm, it can definitely get expensive, especially if you're getting like proper ski gear or something or Canada, Canada Goose. Canada Goose. So oh, I was in love with that <laughs> one. Amazing you had world. it? No, no, no. That's too ah. expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's way too expensive. You know, for somebody who is coming here uh, just for like a short time, especially like in this situation, you're not going to be using 
uh, these clothes when you went back to Colombia, right? It's not going to be useful for you. So it's a good idea to perhaps buy those things secondhand. So that doesn't have to be a deterrent if you're worried about, oh my God, I, I'm worried I have to spend a lot of money on the new clothes and everything. Because at least in Canada, you have a lot of uh, thrift stores, secondhand stores like yeah. Valley Village or Goodwill. So if you just need something for a temporary period, you might be able to pick up one or two things for an even better price. And then, you know, you don't have to feel bad about spending the money. You can just donate it when you leave as well. Yeah, sure. I would have to listen to that, that advice at the beginning, but no one told me. So I bought a brand new uh... coat. <laughs> not that expensive but expensive so i would say that in the middle but it was necessary yeah. you can't live there you can't survive if you don't have the proper clothes yeah yeah definitely and and i guess that same advice that i'm uh could also apply to to living somewhere again you can nowadays buy everything secondhand so if you're living in an apartment and it's not furnished and it's temporary you could also get those things from the thrift shop or from facebook marketplace and then you don't have to worry about spending a lot of money on furniture okay so you were there for uh one year in toronto and I got to experience the four seasons there. It was winter. I, I arrived in January. In January, I think, well, for Canada, <laughs> that winter stay up to April. Okay, amazing. And you said you, say you experienced the four seasons. Which one was your favorite to see in Toronto? Well, I would say that I'm still a tourist, even though I stayed there one year. So my favorite one by far is winter because of the all of the choking snow and because it was my first experience there. And I couldn't do uh, angels in the, in the, <laughs> in the snow, ah, but snow I could angels. see the snowflake. No, I couldn't do it. Uh, that's okay. You, you'll just get covered in snow and be wet. It's not the best anyways. <laughs> but no, that's good. So you were there for a full year. That's quite a, a good amount of time. You really got to experience every season. And so... First of all, why did you choose Canada? Like, why did you choose to come to Canada? And why are you interested in living here? Well, interesting question. Well, first of all, Canada is close to Colombia because in, we had also Australia as an option or New Zealand. But Canada is only six hours away from Colombia. So it will help in just in any case that we had to go back for something that we have to do with the family because you know we are still latin people we are so close to our family so if something happens everyone's going there so mm. living 20 or more hours away will be more difficult to go back to come back yeah, so to visit family, that's quite a big one, actually. Whenever we're talking about traveling and such, again, it's something I've mentioned before. It's a really, it's probably the most difficult part about choosing to live in another country for any amount of time. Sure. But you said Canada's closer to Colombia, but America's closer. So why didn't you pick America? Well, because apart from just learning English, that it was our first goal, the second goal that it wasn't for certain was to get to know the country, get to know the people all the seasons and so on, food and everything, and think about immigrating or not. So mm. we got to experience the country before making a decision of starting an immigration plan. In United States, is more difficult. The U.S. has more complicated processes. And for me, at least, Canada is safer than the United States. So 
I know that the dollar is stronger than Canadian dollar, but for me to be in peace and to be quite sure that nothing is going to happen if I go out to the street is more important, quite more important, or way more important than just staying in a place for for the currency power that a country could have. I understand. Okay. And now a message from our sponsor. Tired of being on top of growing customers while dealing with admin work? Introducing Vey, the all-in-one business solution that adapts your workflow from anywhere. Vey schedule meetings, host video calls, get paid, and manage your customers from start to finish. Vey, take control of your business. So in this situation, Canada had a lot more benefits, especially in the process of applying for a visa. So I always tell people this, like if you want to live in another country or an English-speaking country, Canada is definitely a good option for that because the process is at least a little bit easier than some others like the UK and America. But sure. as you kind of spoiled at the beginning, it's all difficult for you and uh, to move to Canada, of course, you still haven't done that. So perhaps you could share a bit more about your own personal experience of applying to Canada and what happened? How come in the end you are living in Colombia still? Well, what happened is that uh, we didn't get a proper consultant at the beginning. So we went there to study English. And something that you have to know is that Canada has some rules, of course. Uh, it's easy, but you have to accomplish those rules. The first rule is that you at least uh, stay in the country for more than one year. It will give you more points because at the end of the day, uh, they will measure you with some points. This is named CRS, which is Comprehensive Ranking System. It is in the Canada's website. And uh, they check different attributes that we have. One of them is how long have you stayed in the country? But English uh, doesn't count. What counts is that you are studying there any, any career. It might be in a college or in a university, but be sure that it is a public either university or college because you will have 100% of the possibilities to get an extended visa to work on that what you, what you studied before. Sorry, just to interrupt there. So you said like if you are studying at the English school, that's what doesn't count? Yes, unfortunately. Uh, and we okay. didn't know it. Ah, oh, when did you realize this? When we were there after three or four months. Oh, no. But you, you went with the intention, with the hope that it was going to count towards the visa? Yes. Even though we haven't made the decision at the time, we hope to to have at least that time that counts at the end of the day when, when they realized that we were there learning English. But no. English doesn't count. So that's the first advice for someone. That's really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so annoying. So when you said English doesn't count, I thought you meant about like learning the language. But getting on to that, language is included in the point system, right? Yes, it is included and it is measured. So you can learn the language either in Canada or in another country or in your own country. Uh, you will have to test your uh, language level and it might be done by the IELTS, which is the mm. international test for English. Is that the only exam that you no, can take? No, there's another one. And the name is CELPIP, C-E-L-P-I-P. But it's only a, a special test 
that the government has. So you can only have this test inside of the territory in Canada. Oh, that makes sense. Because I was going to say, I've never heard of it. I'm like, I know Cambridge exam, IELTS exam, TOEFL. And even I'm living in Canada and I'm a teacher. And I'm like, what is this exam? <laughs> but now that makes sense <laughs> why I haven't heard of it. So you took the IELTS test? I did. So I studied all the time, uh, like more than six months to have a better level because I reached there with around a B2. Then I studied the, the structure of the IELTS because we have to study because it has some specified protocols that you have to follow uh, to test your speaking, listening, writing, and reading. Then I did it and I got almost the required score at the, at the moment. So you have to sum all your possible points. And let me make it here a small parenthesis because these points are the sum of your age uh, your marital status, your uh, educational background, um, work experience, and also uh, in Canada, your work experience or educational background, but uh, background, but only in Canada. If you have um, an offer, a work offer, and then it will give you more points. But after you sum all of this, there was one uh, of these points that were keep. Uh, Carving me back and taking me back. Holding you back. Holding me back, yes. And it was the age. Because uh, I traveled there and I was 30-something. <laughs> yeah. And after the 30s, you start uh, losing points, five points per year. So if you what? are... What? Yes. Five points per year? That's so mean. Yeah, so if you're 32, now you have... Uh, 15 points less in the 30, then 31 and 32. If you are 32 years old, you'd have now two, uh, 15 years, uh, 15 points less. Oh my God, that's definitely not fair. Did you know about that as well when you first started applying? Uh, I knew it when it was quite late. That's why mm. uh, if you are thinking to immigrate there, uh, do it by studying something, even if you don't have a high level of English, because you don't need it to study. And you will get it at the end of the day, because you will be working and living there. Uh, and apart from that, I wasn't able to work because I was studying English. So I spent all my savings. While if you are studying there, uh, you will receive 20 hours a, a week to work in part-time and it will help you definitely with all the expenses. Okay, that makes sense. So there are a lot of things that were working against you basically. I don't think you mentioned though, what was your IELTS score in the end? Uh, 7.5. 7.5. And that was yes. totally like, that, that met the requirements, yeah? Almost, because... Um, you need to reach at least one score initial for your skills. So I got 7.5 in uh, reading, mm -hmm. 7 on writing, 7 on speaking, and sorry, 7.5 in listening. And if I had uh, gotten 8 points in the listening, I would have the enough score to apply for any uh, successful immigration. That oh. was the... The only 0.5 points that made me hold back. 
that's so frustrating. I know. And uh, getting that 0.5 is not that easy. And more because after that, I I didn't have more savings. So I got a, I had to go to come back to Colombia. Mm-hmm. And in here, um, I stopped being surrounded by the the language. And it was quite difficult to, to get that, that score. That's where I decided that I needed your help. In that <laughs> moment, we would meet each other. <laughs> but did I help you? <laughs> you helped me, yeah. We met each other back then uh, because uh, in the IELTS, you'll, uh, you have to listen different accents and mostly yeah. British or, yeah, I think British uh, accent is the most common in the IELTS. And that was 2020, I think, was it? No, it was 2019. Oh, wow. That's so long ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was 2019. So I started with you some classes because I wasn't good at uh, getting the listening from people from Britain or so that I, I wanted to improve it. I, I started mm-hmm. classes with you. I did it. I quite improved. But then when I did the test again, um, what held me back at the moment, held me back, was the writing and um, reading. Because if you don't keep practicing, you don't get the score. Uh... So if you're going to to, uh, have this test to do it, it's better to do it in Canada, go there at least um, for two or three months and Mm. do it there. Do it there because you will get all the tools to get the desired score. And you know, um, I was getting old, old, <laughs> older. So I was not 32 anymore or 33 or 34. Nowadays, I'm 37 years old. Yeah. So you can imagine how many points I, I lost. So do you think there is no chance for you now? Or do you think there is a way for you to make up the points in other areas? Well, there are, there's always a small hope and I have some friends that are already there in Canada, but not in the English area, but in the French. Mm. So they're in Quebec or they're in Montreal. And that's another uh, good point. If you think that perhaps you want to start learning French, uh, the requirements are less, less strict than when you only speak English. The less strict as in the points or the score that you need to get in the exam isn't so high? It is if you only have English as I had. And then I have to go eight points in listening and seven in the others. And I got it. I finally got it in 20, I guess it was in 2021 or 2020, I don't remember. But the pandemic was already there. So that makes sense. That disrupted your plans. Yeah, and and, and the the points, I think that by the time I needed 451 points. I got them. But when the pandemic arrives, uh, or arrived, um, the score went up because they stopped receiving people. So the queue went from, for example, 100 people to thousand or more then five four hundred and fifty one points wasn't enough anymore 
I needed 491. That was became quite even a more lot. competitive. Yeah, that's yes. so frustrating. <gasps> yeah, you sent me a message saying that you're trying to immerse yourself in English still today. Is that correct? Oh yes, I am. I am because of all my work. Well, you see, I didn't want to to lose my English level. I looked desperately for a way to keep it, and I finally um, got a and job interview in English for um, to work here in Colombia. Now I am a consultant. I work for a specific company, and this company has a platform. So I need to understand this platform is software. And the more I understand, the more con uh, consultations I can give. Then uh, all the clients for this company are from abroad. So most of the, the sessions sorry, that I have to instruct are in English. Then from 8 a.m. usually to uh, 1 p.m. I have uh, sessions and I have to give the information about this platform to people that are located in Germany, in Norway, in the, in the UK, uh, also in France. So all of them receive these sessions in English, so I have to give it in English. Mm, so you're still able to incorporate in English into your life today. Um, does that make you feel a little bit better about the situation or not really? <laughs> yes, yes, to be honest. And now I feel uh, glad and grateful for this new job opportunity. And this will help me to keep my English level. But uh, you mentioned before that my career is on demand. And that's true. That's why some of my friends are already in Canada, in the French area. Unfortunately for me, most of the opportunities are in French. Some just few are in English and the requirements are so strict. So I haven't found yet uh, any opportunity in English. But I'm mm. thinking to perhaps starting off French. Okay. How, do you know much French already? Yeah, no. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, je m'appelle Juan. That's it. Je m'appelle Juan. That's probably all I know too. Je m'appelle Rebecca. That's about it. But okay, that's that's nice at least. Um, I'm happy to hear that you're like happy and at least content with your current situation. Are you, are you content with living in Colombia right now? Like, is it still good for you? Like, the situation there is good. The life is good. Everything else is good. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would definitely, um, well, I'd rather be in Canada. I will definitely be there if you ask me about it. But uh, don't get me wrong, you know, living here is, is exciting. Uh, I have so many benefits here that perhaps I don't, I couldn't have or, yeah, cannot have in, in Canada. The weather is one of them. The food is way better here and um, well that also depends on where you are as I'm from here for me the food is better and several other options here you know at my level with my English or my experience I'm a senior consultant here and I could change if I immigrate to Canada so I think mm. I have to start over again 
Uh, you might have to go like lower your position at the company or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you have a good job position. The food is good there. Life is generally good there. So I'm glad that you're trying to see the positives to staying in your country because sometimes that can be hard and you don't want it to get you down that, you know, you aren't able to move、um, because we want to be happy wherever we are, right? You said you have your own tentative plan that you wanted to share? Sure. Okay, what does that mean? Well, I've seen several opportunities in, in French, but、mm-hmm. and the French level that they are requiring is not that high, it's B1 or B2. Okay. So I decided that I want to start off learning French. And if the opportunity arises, then I will just apply. If it is for me and the opportunity is given、uh, to immigrate in my similar conditions, those that I have here,、uh, I will do it. I will go for it. Otherwise, I'll stay here. So that's my plan. It's a、uh, hypothetical plan. If this happens, I'll go for it. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your advice here today, Juan.、Um, I think it's been very, very useful for anyone who you know, wants to do the same thing and follow that pathway. Obviously, I also emigrated to Canada, but my experience is very different. So, thank you so much, Juan.、Um, I have a thing here where、uh, every person that I have on my podcast kind of has to help me close up my podcast in their native tongue. So, would you be able to end today's podcast for me? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me before changing to Spanish. <laughs> so, it, it was an honor to be here with you. No,、um, thank you for coming. I was expecting this moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, thank you. And now in Spanish, Muchas gracias por invitarme. Esta ha sido una experiencia maravillosa y espero que nos podamos ver en un futuro, bien sea porque pueda emigrar a Canadá o porque vaya como un turista. Y、eh, gracias a todos por escucharnos. Ha sido un placer estar acá y nos vemos en una siguiente ocasión. <música>